Hello, hello, everybody. Hopefully, you can hear me now. Well, oh wait, this is a this is a one way thing, isn't it? I was trying to see if a crowd was going to respond because there's no Yay. live crowd for LCS Woo. this year. But that that's uh, that's not the LJL, ladies and gentlemen. One and all, welcome to the LJLOU podcast, season two, episode twenty eight, take number two, Mars One, initialize Nightmare, gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm all right. How are you, Nymera? Uh, I have been hit by an absolute... I Okay, first off, Hina, I did change the audio track, so what happened with the last one shouldn't happen to this one. We might actually have a focus... We might actually have a functioning recording. podcast VOD Maybe. once. I have no can, idea what changed Can you check tweet. the VOD, Hina? Yeah, can someone <laughs> make a quick, that quick clip to, to see what's happening? Okay, so basically last time we had this wonderful podcast where we actually went through a lot of good stuff, um, and it didn't work on, on the, the, the recording of it, so um, mm. we didn't get to keep that. But yeah, I got hit by an absolute truck of second vac side effects. Um, however, I'm glad to have taken it, and given certain news which has started cropping up thankfully that leaves me in a good position to travel uh to certain events for the first time in in a number we of might years. all be frantically getting yeah. reels together and everything yeah. but who knows about so, that who knows who knows so, so yesterday and the day before were pretty scuffed i i did have a cast booked in for yesterday but uh, i had to back out of that because I, I just was not up to it but i'm feeling much better today um to i'm glad to be back on the podcast with you guys Nice, nice. So uh, we we've all now been second vaxxed, uh, or is Sam? I don't think Sam has. I'm still waiting. I need to move mine forwards. Still, ah. I need to do so. It's 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 booked in, but for unfortunate distant, uh, the unfortunately distant future. So I'm trying to find a time to pull it back in. I've been avoiding it the last few days because I've been a bit under the weather. And I'm thinking, you know what? I don't want that on top of this. Thanks. Yeah, and while Nymera died with his vaccination, I actually did probably my best hosting ever. Um, so I mean, I it buffed me That's up, correct. but it. And it, and, it, and it half killed Nymera, it's, so it's, I don't know. It's still completely worth, like, just we're saying. Built different. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, but at least we're all safe and sound. Um, gentlemen, how, outside of uh, vaccinations, what have you been up to? Sam, I know you've been um, participating in a lot of uh, socializing and weddings. Yeah. Celebrating. Yeah, two of my friends got married over the last week, so mm. I've been to two separate weddings. It's been very good. Not great for my liver's healthiness, but uh, largely. Oh, I think it can recover. So. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun time. And what about you, Nymera? Uh, what have I been doing? Well, I've been trying to actually play some more league again. That's one thing. So obviously, I haven't had as many casts, um, especially since the EUM stuff finished. Uh, UKL's anyway. finished. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've had a lot more time, so I think. All right, okay. I have played precise between flex and solo queue twenty games because I've just done placements and all of them. That's all I've done for like eight to ten months at that point. So, um, so I've been trying to play that a bit more. I've been playing on stream as well. Uh, I've been trying to sort out what the hell's going on with my PC to actually stream said games because Streamlabs has not been treating my PC very kindly recently. I've moved over to OBS and that's been better actually. So, I, I, as far as I can tell, it's just a streamlabs problem compared to OBS. So, uh, in fact, I'm probably going to be streaming late today. In fact, but I've been uh, doing a bit of that. Trying to get some content rolling, which isn't just casting, so I can die. Diversify my content output, and I've been enjoying that, actually. I have been enjoying that. Nice. I mean, uh, on that kind of whole train, I've been uh, I've been playing a huge amount of Road 96. I was very excited for the game when I saw it at um, E3. Um, it came out. Greatly disappointed me. 
nice. while at the same time, some of it, um, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. Um, but I'm actually planning on doing a whole thing. I've recorded all of my gameplay, and whenever I like stop playing for a bit, I, I sit down. Instead of typing out my thoughts, because that's just not how I work, um, I basically sit with my... Uh, with audacity and just record my thoughts out. Um, oh, audacity. So, um, I mean, <laughs> it's still great. Yeah. I know. Um, so I'm currently in the process of potentially producing some form of video and and like review of it because uh, it's, it's got some, some really interesting mechanics and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I saw like your video on MCG stuff on Twitter as well. It's like, oh mate, if do we want to go down that rabbit hole? Maybe that's the thing we do for a side podcast thing. But I also like it's good to see you doing some stuff just diversifying. That's diversifying oh, absolutely. But, yeah. Completely. Um, especially as I can't do the whole streaming malarkey at the moment. So mm. I'd still miss streaming. I want to be streaming almost every other day. But uh, hopefully I can get back to it over the next month or two and then uh, be good. But yeah, um, this is an LJLOU podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is a weekly podcast where myself, Initialize and Nymera, we come together. We talk all things LJL. We are the LJLOU and we founded this shindig about oh God, over two, almost two years ago now yeah. to this point. Um, I mean, considering become... that like off season is like four to five months and it doesn't yeah. count, technically it's two years of games, right? <laughs> Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, we're almost at the precipice with finals. Yeah. That will be a full two years that we can put a stamp on it and be like, we've done that. Um, yeah, we've got a lot to kind of recap over this one. We've already spent a the good the opening few minutes where we just kind of do our normal shindig stuff. Um, obviously, um, Nymera, what would I like people to do uh, on the YouTube department? Well, uh, sell your soul. That's the first thing, because yeah. you're not allowed to exist on the internet whilst having... An incorporeal form um the only you know uh, the form of life you're allowed to have outside of you know the biological functions you have is a digital function um and bezos is most pleased when you, you do give up your mortal shackles um no you'd like to to like subscribe and comment that'd be also pretty okay that, that's like a secondary thing but if you can like comment and subscribe that it's all right you know do, maybe do that please please what would i like people to do on their um audio podcasting platforms initialize what you need to do is plug your headphones into your digital interface of choice. Of you need to log into your, or just open, frankly, you don't need to log in, your your podcasting software of choice. And there's quite a few of those at this point. Mm. At which point you need to search LJL, officially unofficial podcast, or just LJLOU, or just any number of things like LJL, you probably turn up at this point, actually. We're, we're yeah, into the engine. We pretty much do now. <laughs> And you're going to go and listen to every single one of the backlog of our episodes. <laughs> okay. Really digest what we have to say. And then you're going to tune in to this one as well. And really, really dig into it. And after that, you're going to give us five stars. Give us an amazing review. Uh, and do it on all the other versions of the podcast as well, because you're that kind of super fan. And maybe just maybe we'll, we'll like, I don't know, do something like really nice for you. Maybe we'll like shout you out or something. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I love the fact that people, if they did that, they'd probably be for a short period of time more knowledgeable on the LJL yeah, than we any are. Of us <laughs> because they've become so condensed <laughs> with knowledge. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, but we are the LJL OU, ladies and gentlemen, and we are excited to bring you this podcast episode. This week's podcast, uh, well, we because uh, we lost one to Twitch, um, void, and then yes. and we also decided to have a week off because we can. Um, and then Basically. we also couldn't get our schedules organized the other week. So I, for we're, we're, forever, we're, yeah. like, like for one time we accidentally missed it. One time we wanted a break and then Twitch decided that we're not allowed to have a 
podcast unless you came here live last week and that's why you should always come and watch our podcast live over on our twitch page of ljl officially underscore unofficial but if you're not it's always available on youtube and those audio stream platforms that we already mentioned to you gentlemen this week we've got to cover um our our last week's episode we've got to do a super condensed version where we recap round one playoffs uh we also got some news we've got to cover as well as also talking about that juggernaut match which was um pretty huge um obviously full spoilers if you haven't watched anything uh expect we're going to tell you everything uh so this is gonna be a great catch-up mechanic if you're um anyone's in there talking about catch-up mechanics um Worlds is now in Europe. The world is caught yeah. up that Europe is the superior region, um, even though our country decided to leave um, the European Union. Um, EU was yeah. too strong for uh, for Great Britain, apparently. And gentlemen, what's your first reactions other outside of my memes? Um, world's moving to Europe. So I've done some thinking on this, partly Good. because I've written an article or two on it already. Um, Crazy. You know? I know, right? Uh, might be my Jinx. Anyway. That's the one with a G, yeah. Um, but basically, the, I mean, the large part of the reasons for it was it's basically the, the, the schedule, I guess, the, the, the time it takes to actually get a hold of a visa to go to China at the minute from certain countries is a hugely extended process. I believe mm. some teams would have had to start back in something like February. Uh, and they wanted to do the whole world's event over five days. I, or no, I, days over I five think, cities. I thought that was venues. just a thing that VCS was talking about. Worlds 2020. It was the February ah. thing. Uh, that, that was for VCS. So that was for VCS Worlds 2020. Like, yeah, we would have had to like start applying for visas for like summer split world qualification before spring split started. So uh, I don't know what's yeah. happening with the visa thing for for China this year, though. I don't know whether that was just like a yeah. more. I believe that's still in place. That's not changed. Uh, partly because the the, the the COVID situation is still pretty tricky. At which point they're going, okay, so the situation would be similar as last year and visas look potentially even more difficult, especially mm. with Delta variant making a lot of uh, uh, Chinese officials quite quite wary, potentially quite rightly so, honestly. Sure. So it's like, okay, so we can't do it across the load of cities. We can't even hold it in China's looking really difficult. We're going to have to move it. At which point, where is the best location? Um uh, Europe probably comes up towards the top of that list, partly because the vaccine rollout here in Europe uh, and the UK, I suppose, it, to put that in as that kind of bracket, has been largely a little bit more efficient than another part yes. of the world. You say the states, which is still struggling, like sub. Well, remember, LCS vaccine. had to cancel their finals in New Jersey. Hmm. Yep, and they're still sitting around or just below fifty percent adult vaccination rate. I think, which is really frustrating for them. I'm sure. Um, mm. And obviously there is also the other thing is um, on top of that, it's there's an element of Europe has already shown across multiple disciplines they're capable and willing of putting on uh, big international events with crowds in attendance. The Euros, big one. Uh, Riot held MSI and the Valorant. Police got the Stage 2 Masters was the one they had in Reykjavik as well, obviously. They're doing VC uh, Berlin as well. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing, of course, is that the LEC's in Berlin. So you've got um, the personnel are already here, along with the broadcast staff and equipment. So you have got actually, you don't have to worry about, oh my God, how on earth do we broadcast when we've got stuff in place already, yeah. which does take a lot of weight off the table as well. So quite a number of reasons that's basically gone, okay, so China's looking 
very unfeasible. Europe is looking significantly uh, more so. But, but what, what I found, sorry, just, just a little bit of information, because I've heard some whispers, actually, which I'm, I'm not sure has been, like, particularly talked about. There is actually know. some talk that Riot are cho- maybe not choosing to go to somewhere like Germany or France, because they don't want to hold it in the same place over and over. So I have I'm heard sure. whispers of places like, potentially, Ireland could be a place where they ah, hold it. Um, and a place like Croke Park, because uh, that's a place which hasn't been, I believe they're in a situation where they're not booked out for um a while and they they need the money right now so potentially on short notice that could be a location where it goes to um i don't know whether the uk is a likely place for it to come to it'd be awesome for us if it does but we have got a lot of stadiums where we could shift things around effectively at this point is going to be a lucky dip as to where has availability for the length of time that worlds needs to be um so that's going to be the very difficult part which is also why they didn't announce anything in that first video with like oh yeah it's going to europe sorry china effectively um i think that they're, they're still assessing options at that point i think that the two i believe it was fion from um the old espn career i'm actually not sure where he's at right now tweeted that they are thinking uh, of challenger um, i think he is that sounds about right so um i i anyway famous figure within the, the journalistic scene i suppose said that it was potentially between belgium and reykjavik again mm, uh, not belgium uh, not belgium sorry berlin berlin and reykjavik so i was looking at chat i was like oh belgium I'm like yeah. no that's just me conflating two oh, two words with. um yeah. uh but but yeah there's there's i have heard whisper that potentially ireland is on the shortlist too uh either way this is the kind of thing where suddenly i'm like Maybe I can fly out to that at a reasonable cost and stay in a hostel somewhere. So well, you might, if you end up, I on, don't. It depends I mean, on I, I live think, audience. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do live audience regardless. They might do for finals, but then it's just lucky dip on I tickets. Mean, yeah, probably right, and it's only mm. going to be like two, three hundred, or five hundred, or very. I mean, just looking at the public perception. Um, this isn't football as well, right? Like we we do have to start like rein in and understand where we are in the world, especially in Europe. And while in some countries League of Legends is like a legitimate like big grab, like in Korea and China, uh, League of Legends is was is still mocked by other generations on social media for being a sport. Um, and that in the UK, if you suddenly go, okay, well you guys had Euros trying to convince people that a live final of more than a few hundred even a thousand people is safe and should happen is is a weird one and i i just wonder um the general public's perception if they suddenly found out that a video game is getting a finals with a world with a live crowd that's why maybe the uk potentially with its lower regulations and stuff is going to be kind of well probably yeah yeah there's 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 a lot of another exactly i mean international scrutiny would obviously be a thing um and i mean but it already had that for the euro so i think so like for for myself being you know at the point being double vask i'd be wearing a mask and socially distancing at that point i'd be happy to go to a live wearing a mask and and and, uh gloves that's what i would be for sure i mean it's very exciting that there is the potential for there to be a live finals um or live portions of the event and i would love there to be so um Safety always takes precedence. Either way, um, potential chance to meet up some of the the EU crew and international crew as well. I mean, at that point, it's like if it ends up happening in London, I'm like, hey guys, need an LGL expert to to to, to come rock up at the stage. Yeah, just like giving notes on the side for anything. I mean, yeah, I mean, they they for sure have been letting some people in cra- um some people come to the studio. I know, so I mean, eh, maybe maybe yeah, for sure. Um, good point in Belgium. I'm I'm actually very excited to see. Um, obviously, I'm biased, but like again, it, it's interesting because obviously, um, 
most recent episode of Hotline League, a lot of, obviously mm. it's an NA focused podcast, and they were like, oh, guys, this is the world's on fire. We're never going to get a world's again. D- I mean, I'm just going to say the controversial thing with the player numbers and everything else, does NA really deserve to get it? Well, the world. They've got the, sure. they've got the s- smallest viewer. Yeah, of course, of course they should mm. still deserve to have it, but should they have it? They have the smallest viewership. Uh, Surely Latam would make more sense. So there is a there is a real problem with with league perception perception of league within NA. It's got a like you're saying it's got a low player base. It has a low ranked player base amongst that player base. It League of Legends has occupied this spot really within within it. Maybe in NA, but le- less so. I mean, I'd love I, to know yeah. the difference of player numbers between Valorant yeah. and League of but, Legends but, just in just for that, NA. But yeah, I, I know that in NA it's kind of like it's the biggest game not talked about really. Um, it's kind of like this. It's very insular in its own way. In 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 Europe and in the UK, a lot more people openly talk about and communicate about League. I think that a lot of the perception about League in in NA is very different though. So so that's not something mm. which I can um can i really speak into as much none of us could really i think yeah. the thing about na is that it's closer to a lot of the operating offices it's the main thing really plus um, i think it's a, plus i think there's some really cool locations imagine in if NA they went to that, brazil, you know, it's still like one of the major regions imagine however, if they went to brazil for difficult. the fans a bit more yeah brazil would be quite a cool one as well i think in some ways brazil would be better off in terms of for something like an msi um, mm, I, I think they, I, agree. I think the problem with something like a world is generally they like to move around with it and i think there is an element of like esports infrastructure probably isn't as in place in a lot in in a wider area of Brazil than it is say in the states where you can guarantee relatively high you know fast uh, internet connections and the rest of it even if you are on land you still want they do have a few good um, studios now though obviously and obviously the brazilian broadcast has obviously increased a, i don't i don't i just don't know i agree with you i don't it, know what the more wider spreading infrastructure go, yeah is. and go, go going like how wide it is cuz i mean obviously you know if you if you're in you know Rio or, or Sao Paulo or whatever, you, you've probably got some options, but uh, again, to, well, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe I'm being unfair there, but I, I, that would be my one initial worry going like, I, I wonder how wide you could spread the event. Yes, absolutely. It'll be, it'll be important to see where it's going, obviously the future of stuff. Um, but I, I, I mean, I don't know. Oh God, I'm just, uh, I'm getting sent a link from Hina. I think for all of us to read from Tom Martell. Oh God, world's colliding. I always forget he works in league esports now. Ah, uh, oh God, yes, what the fuck? The fuck did I just send you guys? A uh, bunch of numbers. Uh, wow, you, you sent us your uh, credit card details. Incredible. I, I wish. Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. Thank you, Lexi. Um, there's going to be a dull moment in this in the events business. It's going to be crazy month, but I'm excited to help and deliver another amazing worlds for our fans. I'm really hoping for COVID-free event planning cycle for worlds in north america next year so at least tom yeah. martell an american who really yeah, wants was... to push it like at least he wants to try and at least no, i mean that was my returns. understanding was it would probably be worlds in na next year was 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 from all the rumors i'd been hearing from behind the scenes is looking most likely okay so let's just say okay so 21 is now europe 22 is na and then it's probably um, China, that, then Europe. Again. Well, it has to be Korea. Like Korea. Oh, yeah. Being... So it's going to be like another four, five mm. years before we get it back in Europe, actually. Probably. Probably. Yeah. So that yeah. means, that, which is, but then I'm kind of sat there like, oh, well, we might get an MSI in Europe again. And during oh, that we time, probably maybe. would. But then at that same time, I mean, I think, I think Europe definitely deserves it with just LFF. 
Like the amount LFL, of viewership yeah. and everything. And Prime League. Thank you. Prime League, yeah. yeah. Mm. And Prime League. And, and with all the recent changes coming in the UK, which is definitely yeah. a whole thing in and of itself for us three. Well, I mean, I will say that I'm not a massive fan of... Um, saying, yeah, we'll have it in this area because this has the most viewership. Like, I think at that point you start, like, be like, because actually there is something about going to, like, you know, like, do we yeah, have one so... in Australia or into a digital? Because they're never going to get a world to show But, like, going to a place where there are, you know, dedicated fan I mean, bases like, when, in the regions when... or, VC, or, or in Vietnam. Yeah, great agreed. And, appara- and apparently, uh, and apparently, you know, like uh, the the events in like Athens were really good for the finals. I'm not sure about the other days of the event, but apparently the day of the finals was really good. Sam and I in 2016 went out to Krakow for the EU finals um, mm-hmm. in 2016 summer. Absolutely fantastic event. Absolutely awesome. loved that. Um, all of these places you can, you know, it, it, you know, it's it's good to almost draw an eye to a different area of the world and different fan base. And I think that's a power which, which the League of Legends community has right now because it is so widespread. Well, I think we could keep going, but we're not going to because we need to move on to our yeah, other, more do. relevant piece <laughs> of news specifically for the LJL, and that is our discussion around Mujin. Um, yeah. I believe, Nymeri, you know this probably yeah. well, better than what I'm going to okay. just do the so, Cliff Notes version, so you go ahead. So, um, just context on this, everything which I'm saying has been publicly said. I'm not speculating at this point. This has been said um, either by multiple people in the in the community or on stream, and there is video footage of it. Effectively, Mujin was not playing for V3 in the first round of playoffs, um, and uh, because uh, of various reasons, effectively, on the tweet on the day from V3 said, effectively, he's just not playing and Unica's coming in. What we have seen from Mujin's older brother's stream is that he said that... Um, after Ace tested positive for COVID, I believe that test was not one of the official Riot Japan ones. So because it wasn't that mm. test which went wrong, there was something in place. I'm paraphrasing that a bit. Um, but effectively, the situation led to Ace tested positive for COVID. However, due to something to do with the logistics, the rest of the team and the players didn't have to take tests themselves. So Mujin was afraid of being infected by COVID because, of course, it was. It seemed like it wasn't the most rigorous process at that point. Flew over to Korea and went back home because his brother said, basically, don't we don't care about the results of the tournament right now, just keep yourself safe. Um, that's what we had heard. Of course, this is all from Mujin's brother's perspective. I don't know whether that's a PR thing. That's just what we've heard at that point. Um, and what we have seen now with a tweet from Reiner in the last 24 hours is saying that, because V3 made an update, uh, I believe yesterday as well, where um, they said that Mujin was still with the team. He still belongs to V3, he's still contracted to them. Uh, and is still part of the organization. They can't play in the next round match, which is, of course, very important because they did progress from round one against the Hawks, and we'll go on to that in a little bit later because we have to recap all the re- round one matches. But they ha- they are practicing remotely, but they can't play in this match, so Unica will still mm. have to come in, presumably, and play that match. V3's Academy team is apparently incredibly scary right now, and that makes a lot of sense given how Unica and Yuji are both subbed in and did very well for themselves, which does soften the blow somewhat. Still a big change, though, that just adds some context yeah. to what was happening with Mujin. The fact that Mujin is still technically on the team and all this other stuff signals the fact that maybe there has been an agreement reached and that um, discussion has yeah. been smoothed over. But just add that into context, because if anything, any news okay. comes out about Mujin in the future, just add that in as context. Okay. Can I just jump in on this one as well? Just a quick sure. point of clarification. Just I'm a bit curious. Um, do we know why the, he, he can't play in the next round? Is that just because he's, he's in like, Korea. He's, he's, so he's, right, he's he in Korea. <laughs> 
So right, I wasn't sure if he, he was going to be yeah, back. He flew back. I wasn't up. sure when he was due back or if so. Well, whether he's so going to be So I can fill that in. It, yeah. I can fill in an, a tiny bit extra. Um, you have to have a riot referee with the player, and the player has to play with the full team in person if you're doing remote play. Right. So okay. So he that is that that is the reason why it's uh, it's so frustrating for him specifically in that scenario, obviously. Anyway, so effectively, Ace tested negative at first, tested positive later, and Riot still, you know, let let them play, and the rest of the team didn't have to take tests. Mujin got freaked out by that, flew back home, is currently still at, still in Korea, uh, might fly out at a later date, but that, that's currently the situation. So he's practicing remotely with them, but isn't with the team. So that's the Mujin news, so keep that in mind with all V3 okay. stuff coming further from that. I mean, I, I've got a reaction to it all. Go for it. I've got a spicy fucking take. This is not the first time, ladies and gentlemen, in a one-year period. Yes, take a sip, Alex. You, you're going to need to for this. Um, that V3 has had disagreements with their Korean imports um, around health concerns regarding COVID. I think you'll all remember uh, the mysteriousness in which Boogie and Archer left the team at the end of Worlds. Um I'm just gonna put. I'm just. I'm just saying things out loud. I'm. I'm letting everybody else piece the dots together. I'm not saying any more about that. But that's just my hot take. I'm like, well, if I if I look at this uh, and I look at this, mm, weird. It's pretty weird if you I, ask me. I mean, whatever. I heard a couple of things about Boogie being a bit of a bit of an in, bit of a flamer himself, a bit toxic. Mm. Um, potentially oh, it was a bit sure. more. I I. I I don't really his have the Twitter most sometimes, dude. Like, I mean, things are like I've seen his. I've seen his. I mean, like, I, I love Boogie as a player and I love him as a streamer too. Um, when we were watching all the super super server games, that was really really cool. Mm. Um, but I think I think that in this case, from from that perspective, of what was said on on Mujin's stream and the fact that we haven't had any other information, so you know, that's our that's our our point to, point of concern right now, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to add context to to what actually happened there, but but. The fact that someone could test positive for COVID and not and the other players not have to test, I think that if that is the case, that is quite worrying. I can understand the reaction from Mujin at that point, even if it did go against 100%. contract. I can understand the reaction there. Um, so I mean, hopefully everyone is still safe. Obviously, uh, Ace came down with it, and then and then he's been okay since, as far as I'm aware. But but yeah, bit bit scary. Mm. Very scary. Um, and that actually takes us over into our playoffs match between V3 Esports and the Fukuoka yes. SoftBank Gaming Hawk. Um, very quick cliff notes. Uh, we've almost always had a five-game series in the first round of playoffs. We did not get that for either of these teams. It was a 3-0-3-0. Mm. Um, we're going to be kind of framing this more in the subject of looking at the winner of this series and kind of the questions that we have for them moving forward and what we think the matchup is going to look like and kind of frame it in that way as opposed to kind of doing our breakdown that we normally do for a series because well though the episode that we did for that isn't here anymore so yeah. that's what we're doing we did here talk about it it's just not now it's just gone now you have to pretend so... if you saw it live you were part of a mysterious view or a part of an elite <laughs> you crazy you crazy you, you mad lads uh like and he now, you guys are part of that vip crowd no one else over here it's like it's like you know the art you burn when you're done with it that kind of stuff oh god that's uh no you're See not you're I mean? right you're right you're right Temporary. uh v3 sports have actually got a playoff buff initialized thoughts on that really? one uh it's pretty good i mean so they went against the hawks who i think didn't turn up as strongly as we hoped unfortunately um but on the other side i think v3 looked a lot more composed 
than we also expected in turn, and that was with Unica involved. So it was a 3-0 to, the, to V3, to clarify, but games one and two were very close-fought games. Very close-fought games that could have gone either way. They both went over 40 minutes. Game two was 48-something. Uh, you know, Hollow and uh, Zenit kind of dueling it out so you could carry harder on the AD carries and all the rest of it. Um, and in the end, um, it was V3 who came out on top, and then the, the last game was a lot lot more of a decisive fashion for v3 um so yes i think they came in looking better than we expected but yep. for all that it was a 3-0 um it what that doesn't tell the whole story it was a relatively close 3-0 especially the first two games yeah i mean, I mean it's one of the closest yeah, 3-0s that we've seen uh i think that uh of course i'm not going too deep into it i think that the the, the key players to highlight are probably well unica was our player of the series because of you know effectively subbing in on short notice coming in um and having and actually, a cracking having a good series actually it's a 3-0 yeah. uh and and tussle you know as much as we've memed on him for spring had an okay split this summer comparative to that and unica was still more than fine had some good ganks particularly i mean in the first game he's playing a diana you know what you're going to do on Diana, you're going to fall clear until you eventually team fight. But later into the series on his Volley Baron is um, Trundle, he did very well at that. And then besides that, I think on the other side, I looked towards Dasher, who was in a position to carry and failed to really follow through with that. That was a bit of an issue because he was the only person who was really looking like they were in a position to carry besides the one Aatrox game from Affirman in game two. And the yes. Hawks couldn't team fight well enough from ahead or from from any sort of um advantageous position really i mean i think particularly in game two when they the were really pushed, long yeah. our longest yeah. game ever of the ogl 48 yeah. minutes 48 minutes this year 40 it's the longest one this year um they yeah. over pushed they were trying to put push in sidelines they over pushed they didn't clear our vision to do that and they died horribly so i think that yeah. the hawks that sadly weren't very cohesive and they got torn apart yeah, I mean, V3 on just... I, I was really impressed because we saw almost every single player of the side of V3 playing a different champion, which just shows, like, a flexibility. And while, like, okay, two of their games, they basically played very similar comp ideas. I, I would say, arguably, two game two and game three. Your execution is very similar between these two teams. Um, you just happen to be kind of flick, uh, flicking out an Ezreal for a Ziggs. Now, that is fundamentally different. I'm not saying it's not. But the other parts of the team were very similar. So it's like, okay we've got a bit of flexibility with ways in which we can play team comps they game one team comp you've got a you've got a diana in there so and you've had um a jinx as well so that's just a drastic yeah. difference from the others it's really exciting to see this because it seems like v3 and and a player that we used to harp on to the cows came home gentlemen reiner suddenly yeah. woke up and it's so good because it seemed like when he woke up the whole team cold cold Slink. could do these four man ults a bunch again hollow just was never touched and hollow went from kind of man i forget that hollow's in these games too man watch hollow watch hollow he looks so sick at the moment the so, one the yeah. one quote i remember from the now lost to the winds and to twitch vods um episode mm. that we did was you you said like see wow mm. this feels like kind of you know like 2020 v3 this feels like peak v3 again and I like and I'd, literally yep. my response to that because i hadn't really thought about it at the time i'm thinking actually yeah it kind of does and my response to that is literally just because ryan is playing well like if Ryan is playing well, <laughs> it bring it brings out the old V three because yeah he's he's always got a finger on the pulse of when he's at his best he does have that finger yes. on the pulse of win conditions and and when to find the correct fights and he did that all the way through that series so so that yeah. is now actually quite a threat to track going later into playoffs yeah I mean like and you know like that really shows up in Hollow's numbers as well who had like 
1k dpm across the series plus which is very Good impressive yeah uh and when you've got that kind of addition it takes a lot of weight off cog cog shoulders who i think has probably been the most consistent member of the team even during the slumps at least in my mind and that's great for him because obviously he's been very good at points, but it's nice to have someone else around to to back you up, especially as the games go kind of later on. I think often as a top player on things like, nah, your your efficacy can sometimes boil down to how good your teleports are, if you know what I mean, rather than like, yeah. aha, I am late game jinx, you know? Um, and, and again, I generalize a bit there. That's not universal. Of course, of course you have to a point. bit. Um, so like that's, th- those are so many good things. I, I also think that um, Ace had a, better series again he'd been a little bit he of a liability and yes and, you know and don't get me wrong i still think dasher played pretty well he put up some good numbers and stuff but it wasn't the oh my god this is the second best midler in mid laner in the league dasher performance i was perhaps necessarily expecting well i just uh, remember remember the uh, the galio from game number two initialized yeah, <laughs> yeah fantastic stuff so yeah so yes i i think you know reiner stepping up brings hollow up which takes a lot of pressure off the top side of the map so yes generally speaking i think v3 turned up to play with more than just one member which is good for them yeah, absolutely. I, just to end it out, Corporal, from that interview mm. that we were able to conduct with him, gave us the lovely quote of, on the day, V3 played better. It was unexpected. We were improving week to week. I genuinely believe that we have a higher level to show than what we did. Uh, I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, but um, I mean, it'll be lovely to hopefully see Hawks and obviously Corporal um, reflourish and, and be a Phoenix, even though V3 has got the Phoenix. So... Um, Axis Crest Gaming at boys, honey is the king, man. But is he actually? Because he didn't even win MVP. Like, man, bruv. Axis just, God, Chris Gaming Act isn't any good out without Ari. I'm going to say it. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. But you don't have the clutch factor anymore. And this, that, But there's a lot of well, reasons for that. Okay. All right. Let, let, let me paint a picture for you. Because again, I wasn't, I wasn't there for this series. I think I, this might have been that series when I was at a wedding. So I was. No, not you were really. Playing at all. That's right. I was. I was on a stage. I was playing music. I had another. I had another gig. Um, um, Humble like, for a gig. I know, right? I know. Um, <laughs> but like, I was like, like, I came out to look up these scoreboards, and I went, "Huh, those are some <laughs> picks to give up." And I was looking down the bottle and go, "Honey got Jinx. Nemo got Thresh. Hoglet gets Viego. You got a Nar in there. There's a zero. So that's a pretty good comp with a lot of power picks. What did CGA get in response? Oh." Trundle support with misfortune, misfortune, and then a Kazakh's jungle. Hmm. But, but, but Nymera, Nymera, <laughs> what were the name tags on that bot lane? Very true. It's it's Milan and it's Nation, it's Nation support. Like okay, so like quickly going through like my cliff notes for the series. Because again, like we, we don't have all the time in the world to go through the series. Nor do I think it's actually a series that we can really go into that in depth because it was. Nation playing at support with Kaito coming to mid lane once again. Kaito mm-hmm. only played Zoe for the entirety of the series. I don't know if Kaito, even in the games that they played in regular season, played anything besides that. Actually, I'm trying to remember if they played Zoe as well there. Uh, um, we. They might have played like one other one other champion at that point, but they've only played something like two champions in, in LGL. I know that, and I don't actually know yeah. that, I'll be honest. So, hmm. so there's one game of Syndra as well. So there's that, and, and CGA. Right, okay. Oh, yeah, the one game of Syndra, okay. And then yeah. also the, the other thing with, with CGA is that... We saw this in 2020 as well, but they do not know how to do anything but team fight. All they do is go mid. All they do is commit to a 5v5. So if you out 5v5 them in the draft, well, that's it. Good, good, good job. Occasionally, they can get the Miracle team fights. Can, occasionally can. Normally, that's due to Nap and Alchemy finding their way onto the backline in a really, um, in a really efficient manner. And yes. they, could, they couldn't do that in this series. And it's also into a Thresh, who is one of the best 
Peel Fury to carry supports in the meta right now, very, very strong. And this is the thing which I was talking about with Kazu on Twitter, actually, a coach of DFM, because he does speak good mm-hmm. English and, and he's a really, really nice guy, actually. And he also, he's you know, bloke, yeah. yeah, after MSI, he, he's talked to us a little bit here and there. Um, yeah. Well, you know, his that humble bragging you just accused me of, by the way, huh? Huh? Oh, that was kind of like I was kind of attributing. Oh, wait, I, what do you mean? What did I? What did, when did I accuse you? Of no, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm messing I do that. He's, me, he's memeing, buddy. He's memeing. Don't <laughs> worry. Don't worry. Sure Move on. Fairly sure yeah, I haven't yes. done that this podcast yet. <laughs> but um, one of the things that Kazu was saying, and uh, also similarly talking talking about this with with someone else connected to the LGL as well, is that when you have teams which are communicating multiple languages, which is of course what CGA CGA are doing, um, makes it very hard to very efficiently uh communicate your 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 more difficult engages and, and your rotations around the map and if you're doing that into an already difficult situation to engage into well good job you're screwed at that point that's exactly what they did in that game one and, and there on out really game three they they didn't um they didn't have to play against the thrash uh but they still weren't at the level to take down axes at that point This just was the series where we ended up giving Nemo our MVP for this series because his thresh hooks were just so clean. Um, And then he played one game of Leona and it was really, really solid. Um, And honestly, it's kind of the thing um, throughout that series. We saw Honey play two games of Jinx and then the side of Chris Gaming Act go, yeah, nah, we're not going to even allow them. Uh, Ziggs was a continuation always banned um, from Chris Hmm. Gaming Act, which is an interesting evolution. But the fact is, Honey and Nemo then brought out the Ezreal Leona lane and just did just as well if not maybe you could argue uh megumin then got his leblanc uh, which was a huge ban contestion and the fact is axis were being held back from crest gaming act because they were like no you can't have these really powerful things and then they're like we can't beat you with your normal things have yeah. your powerful things and let's try and figure something else out oh god it's even worse oh um, god oh I'll tell god you what's, what's going to be hilarious actually is that obviously we have a lot of hyper carries in the lgl um, I, I would imagine, well, I hope, what I would hope to see from the LGL, we're unlikely to see it because we're not very good at innovating our meta over here, is that I want to see people let through Ziggs and counter it with Vayne, because Vayne's actually pretty, is one of the champions which can mm-hmm. have insane kill threat onto a Ziggs in a laning situation oh. where you just, you tumble How past the that? initial skill shot and then you just um... run them down. Because your move speed towards nearby enemy champions means that you just get to kind of run them down, especially with your ult. Mm. Um... And then once you start playing like these heavy dive team fights onto the backline, Vayne takes cleanse, takes wit's end and a, a shield bow. You don't get to kill them and they turn around the fight. So you, you have a real ability to just outplay Ziggs in most situations at that point. I've been yeah. hearing that across multiple professional players' opinions too. So I wonder yeah. if we're going to see that in the LGL, particularly because we have a propensity towards hyper carries in the bot lane. Yeah. Good itemization against yep. mages into good rundown on people like Wits End is so strong right now. So, yeah, so strong. Shield bow Wits End into Ziggs, I think, would be really good for mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I see it. Absolutely. I also think there is an interesting thing that I just wanted to kind of place here. The uh, Axes have a very defined playstyle, they, yep. they know how they like to play this game. I was, what, I was listening to Riff Reactions with Emily Rand and Travis Gafford. Emily. God, she's just a fountain of knowledge. Absolutely. Um, and she made the opinion. Uh, she she made the statement. Rather, I'm going to give her the full credit because uh, she deserves it. Um, that basically there are multiple. All the top LPL teams have very distinctive and defined playstyles that is different to one another. I'm like, wait a moment. Axis is that we? So boys, I'm I'm going to just put the pin here. If Axis go to Worlds. They've already got a playbook where they know they're comfortable playing. And hey, if we just see Axis always trying to play the same way, that's going to do better than what we saw V3 fucking do at Worlds last year. Yeah. 
Just gonna say that. And also, I rate Honey now on internationally. Like, like if we yeah. had to do top 25 best AD carries, I don't know if I'm putting him in the top 10. I don't know if I'm crazy enough to do that and put him with, like, top, like, LCK, LPL, He's somewhere and between and 10 and 20 two. after some thought. Yeah, yeah, he's there for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is like, that's good enough where you're like, well, if you make worlds, you could make a deep run with the right kind of bracket and go As deep. Always. You could at least make groups. Maybe. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Sorry. I'm, I'm just taking the tangent off there because Axis looks so good. And there's nothing else more to say. Gentlemen, have you got anything else more you want to say on Axis Chris game yet? Because this was just, uh, yeah. No. No. <laughs> okay. Well, um... We do have a quick question, though, obviously, for Axis facing off against V3 Sports coming in this weekend, yeah. gentlemen. Obviously, the three of us are going to be on the analyst desk, so we're going to be able to natter about this to our absolute heart's content. Well, we're taking ten it minutes on. of heart's content. Let's be well, real. The analyst. Well, we'll get a pre-show. We get a pre-show. Yeah, okay, 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 so, okay. okay. Um, we got some time. We got some time. Um, obviously, looking forward. Um, chair around again. Now. There we go. What um, the the question that I really like to, for this is, and I can't remember which one of you wrote this down. You can claim ownership in a moment. Relative power level. What do we think of these two teams' relative power level, considering that we're coming off of that juggernaut match? We know we're there. We're about to come onto it, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry. Now that we've seen RJ and DFM, where do we compare V three and Axis? Who wants to come first, or do you guys want to take sides and debate this, or? So, I think it's a little difficult to read in some ways because I actually think CGA put up so little of a fight, unfortunately. Fair. Um, and, Very and that true. actually means, actually, I, I don't think, I think Al said this earlier, that Axis were all that pushed, mm -hmm. um, which does make giving relative power levels a little bit tricky. I think V3, at least to my pre-playoffs expectations were better than anticipated um so i hope that we should get a relatively close series i do however think that i think hollow and rhino will not have as much free reign and i wonder whether that will cause v3 some more issues again especially because they are still going to be playing with a sub jungler so I think at, at the beginning of playoffs, before we went into it, I, I said that V3 are probably not going to be in a great spot in round one. And then if they survive that, we'll, we'll reassess that as it goes on. They came in much, much stronger than I thought they would do at that first round. They've survived it. They are a team which does seem to do better in, in the bigger games, actually. And they tend to do better in a best of five scenario because they tend, their, their prep seems, yes. to be, seems to be pretty good. They seem to be quite aware of what they're drafting. And, and um, that's something which we'll come on to with, with the FM. I don't think they're very good at actually right now in a best of five scenario. That's going to be a problem for them. I think that now you look at Axis who were not pushed in round one, they just stuck to their style, and that's one that they're very effective at. I actually, it's going to be close in the lower bracket finals, but I actually wonder if I favor V3 in that now, actually, even with the Unica potentially playing as jungle. Um, I, I think actually, I'm, I'm looking at that and saying that V3 are in very good form right now, and I think that Axis did not get very good practice from the first round. Um... And I don't know if they've got the depth of styles to outlast uh, V3 in a best of five right now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, check out our full pre-game show because we can't do it on mm -hmm. our podcast because technical difficulties happen. So we're going to do a full 30-minute pre-game show where we're the three of us. We're going to break it down. You're basically going to get a mini LJLOU podcast as a pre-show coming in to that stellar match. 
Um, I believe I'm actually going to just double check this because I think I should uh, and I want to. So um, I'm just going to keep talking it. and stalling for time because that's what I do. We're going to have Midnight and Melvin Izzle on the casters. So we've got a we've got nice. a stack lineup and we've got our boy Reed as well on production. So it's, it's going to be going to be stacked um, one. We're always aiming to kind of keep improving um, the broadcast. And honestly, I, I was really pumped about our last one that we did last week. It was, uh, a, good, it was a really good broadcast. It's probably the best um, one we've done this year, I'd say. So go it, go watch it. it. It's really good. Definitely. That wasn't casting. Definitely helps. I mean... <laughs> uh, um. So the Juggernaut match, gentlemen. The Juggernaut match. Uh, you guys we... were supposed to say no. You were supposed to back me up. No, I just left there. <laughs> Mate, you you put yourself out. I did. I, I was I was looking for, I was looking I was hoping for the boys to rescue me, but no, no. I mean, no, you've, you've got, got your younger that, brother um... and you've got me, dude. Like I'm a nepotist. Like I don't know what you're expecting here. No, All you, the you... nepotism of me, me, me being hosty. You, you wanted here. the boys. You got Billy Butcher instead. Good job, Sam. Oh, <laughs> I'm surrounded by narcissists. A lot of you. So is that Pike trying to kill Alistair, or how does that work? Maybe. Maybe who's who's who is like who's who's Homelander in the League of Legends equivalent? Ooh, um, Ooh, um, I'm gonna defer to you guys because I feel like you'd know this one slightly better than me. I don't know. <laughs> who's it's probably like I mean like it, it like voice wise Jace, but I don't think that's yeah. true. Well, well, no, it's only uh, voice. Well, we don't really yeah. have like the really good anti-hero who's actually kind of hide under the guise That's... of being good. It's e Ezreal about twenty years. Was Ezreal in twenty years? Sure, cool. That works. <laughs> you belong in a museum. Uh V three esports face uh, faced off against Axis this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be doing a, our full pregame coverage. We'll know what the result is with yep. you guys, and we'll be doing Epic Pen and more things. Again, send us your yeah, feedback and thoughts ooh. on the broadcast so we can get better, because guess what? We're trying to rival EU Masters, which is just on the precipice, which we all yeah, were on the broadcast of playing as well, so... Oh, we want to show that we can be a like you know a top-tier broadcast, working with you know zero budget, which is really fun in a lot of ways. <laughs> In a way, it shows a lot. We are definitely hitting the the absolute precipice of what we can really get out of uh, not having a, a budget. Um, we're going to have to pull this band-aid off for anyone that hasn't watched the series. Uh, Detonation Focus Me facing off yes. against Rascal Jester. DFM lost two to three to Rascal Jester. And well, we need to do the first thing. Well done, Rascal Jester. And you guys absolutely yeah. deserve this win. That's not um, sarcastic clapping. That is oh. like legit clapping. You guys play super well. Yes, soundboard and all. Absolutely. Well done. Well done to the players of Rascal Jester. None, no one, no one, none who won on our predictions, including random.org. No one on the official stream. I haven't seen many people on Twitter outside of some hardcore Rascal Jester fanatics who are just going to always support them. As you should. As you fucking should if you're a fan of a team and you want to support them. If your emotions say they're going to win, they're going to win. If they lose, whatever. If they win, fuck it. Well, you told us. Um, they did it. They actually overthrew it. Um, yeah. I, I don't even where do know start? where we really want to... Start this outside of obviously we've got to do a call out over to our MVP um from this whole series and it was Soul Soul had maybe the best series 
we see now of him and i'm comparing that to obviously spring because obviously we've only had one a few yeah. best of fives with him previously he he just put right. rascal jester on his back well, at some point so, so like, my Rask god well rascal jester organization have not made a finals for seven years that yeah, 2014, they, they, wasn't it? 2014 yeah. they were they won the very inaugural split of L, a split of lgl then i think the next split they lost to dfm in the finals i actually okay. don't know if they've even made a they, they, it, um, up until the modern era, I don't know if they even made a playoffs after that point because remember it was top three which went through to playoffs, and I'm not sure if they mm. even made it through to that point. Um, I don't think they've won a playoff series since 2014 because uh, they they no, wouldn't they've they've either, they either wouldn't have been in playoffs or 2020 wow. spring they lost to CGA. Some of they weren't in it. Spring they lost in Juggernaut and they lost in the semifinal too. So yeah, no, they have yeah, not they've... won. I I I think I'm confident in saying they have not won a playoff series since 2014, which is which pretty is unreal when you ridiculous. put it that way. Ridiculous. Um, and I I think the oh, the only AD carry performance I would put up on the same pedestal of what as what Sol pulled off in in this series was Art in Spring 2020 versus CJ, who actually got our MVP for that series, even though he lost. Um, yep. I don't even think Utapon played badly this series. Oh, I don't either. Um. Game two, where he was getting picked off a bit, and then the Jin game in game three, not great. But like, there I are... still think that Utapon was fine slash good in that series. Yeah. But Sol just can... uh, this was still a massive bot diff because of how well yeah. Sol was playing. Like, holy and, and, crap! And, like, and even the Jin game, like I think Utapon, aside from the solo kill which Sol get from the Hail of Blades into the piercing arrow. Because yes, so was, was like he was like basically looking for one minion for Gale Force. That's literally what he was doing. And he got it, he thought he could walk out and he couldn't. Aside from that, I actually think Utaplon played the gin quite well. I just don't think it was a very good comp for gin. Um no. which is which is which is a bit of a different one, which I'm sure we'll come on to later, because I actually think games three and four was just like that number should focus me going, here, have a draft throw from us. And then Rascal Jester going, Well, that was very kind of you. Have a draft throw from us. Yeah. Um and yeah, yeah. I mean, let's let's actually talk about that because that was one of the first things I remember when we came out and the three of us were just kind of chatting in the green room afterwards. And one of the first things that I came out with and I was just kind of frustrated at the time was the inability for DFM to actually adapt their draft. They They would routinely do the same thing over and over and over again. And DFM banned Ziggs 100% of the time throughout this series, regardless of the side. They played four of the five games on blue side, by the way, even when they switched over. Um, they banned, they had Ezreal banned 80% of the time. Yeah, Souls Ezreal is scary. Judapons is also really good, so there's that's a question. Callista, um, Judapon got to play her once, didn't look great. Um, but on the opposite side, Souls one looked terrifying, so that's another one. Um, 60% she so she had a hundred percent presence throughout that series. Um, and then RG band, guess what? Um Irelia 100% of the time, LeBlanc 100% of the time, uh, Nidalee 100% of the time. And then on the opposite side, they also, on the second rotation, they would also ban Echo 60% and Silas 60%. Basically, they targeted Arya and Steel's one champion. Um, I guess Irelia is technically a flex pick between Ebi and Arya, but I feel like it's more of a mid laner yeah. at this point in time. Uh, and it's like, Jesus Christ, when you just start looking at this, like, DFM, uh, like Rascal Jester just had our, like DFM's book and we're like, okay, you guys are going to keep playing the same drafts over and over. Their first three games, like, 
DFM just go, we're always going to have to first pick Trundle. They B1 Trundle four out of the five I, games. I don't like, think the Trundle's the problem. I don't think the Trundle's No, but the like, lack of adaptation is the yeah. problem. So, uh, like, and, okay, go now. So I, I don't think the Trundle in itself is the problem. Um, I think there are some very important things that you're talking about in terms of the bans and stuff, uh, Lexi, mm. because first three games, there were four bans leveled against Aria and a takeaway of the Cinder as well. So technically five denied champions in the first three games because Rascal Jesters were heavily prioritizing the Syndra, which was played by Recap, one, two, three... Uh, three out of the five games, and then basically after game three, DFM decided, all right, we're going to start leaning on Arya to get some more priority at this point, because normally they've given him counter pick. But if you're playing into a Syndra, Syndra's current power level right now is enough that you cannot really easily counter pick, you know, with a plethora of champions. So Arya... She's so good, she can play bot now. Like, yeah, well, that, that's yeah, kind exactly. Of I, mean, power. Basically, I mean, obviously Syndra was always a bit of a flex anyway, because you, you have wave control. Uh, well, you have wave control now, because you have... Um, your Q not costing 60 mana at level 1, which is incredibly exorbitant when you're casting as much as you, you used to do on Syndra. It's gone back down to 40, so that's like a you know, like a, a good third of the mana cost sh um, shaved off of it, which means that you don't need to go towards tier anymore, you don't need to go towards Seraphs. Uh, you can do, of course, if you want to, but you can go just towards like a full AP nuke build. You have good matchups versus a load of different stuff, and, and, and yeah. a lot of the time you can be the sole, a sole AP threat on your team. Actually, in... Game one, one of my problems was, hang on, you've picked two AP solo lanes, and then DFM kind of ran off the game because Syndra couldn't really do much, and, and that was kind of Rascal Jester kind of like, you know, working out their own kinks and in, in, in what they're att attempting to achieve. But the later it got on, it felt like DFM were trying to prioritize getting Arya into the game, but they were doing it in such janky ways because was, they yeah. there was the one point where they picked the Akali when it's like, yes, we've got an assassin into the Syndra. It doesn't work into the enemy team comp though. And the more the more the games went on, I had this picture building of DFM can understand what they want to pick through a very narrow lens of what they want to do in lane or one person's perspective without seeing the larger picture. And it worries me that they don't have awareness in the draft, it seems right now, to stop themselves falling into quite obvious draft deficits in these big games. Yeah. So there's a lot of pitfalls. I I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm not sure I necessarily entirely agree with they didn't adapt in the series because um, I don't think that's actually. True. I don't think they they adapt. So I because I because so, I, 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 I did do they adapt well that. is the problem. Yeah, and that's kind of, so. So that's kind of so. Like you look at the first comp and they've gone for the the Nara and the Rise and they've got Varus Leona Trundle, which is a solid three core where you can kind of go one three one or one four depending on who you want to send where. And you kind of so that's one style of play, and then you've got the next one, which is you've got the Lee Sin in the jungle. You've still got that Varus Leona. You've still got the Nara, which has stayed the same. But you've pivoted in the Zoe, so you've got the kind of the poke comp with the front line, which, you know, they nearly won with and then kind of threw in the late game because, you know, Relcalista jumping on an immobile Varus every time, hint, hint. Um, and then the one time where I go, that draft was really bad. Was I mean, also take game. heal over cleanse. Yeah, I mean, in fact, you can't cleanse the knockups. It's a bit pointless. Um, oh, I mean, Renekton and stun. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, you only got Renekton stun, and then you got the Syndra stun. Rail so stun and stuff. But, but yeah. yeah, but a lot, a lot of rail CC is knockups. Aside from the um, aside from a trap repel, everything else is a knockup. I think True. I don't think you can cleanse Magnet Storm um, as uh, well. Not to my knowledge, actually. So yeah, so actually, a lot of that is pretty uncleansable. So you so in some ways I see the argument for going heal and just saying, well, if I'm going to get I, this, might but you're probably dead burst. anyway, right? Well, so. exactly. So it's like, well, I might as well yeah. try and survive burst and maybe run like I wonder whether Merc Treads might have been a game. That anyway, that's another point clearly. But then the the one where I go, okay, this didn't work was the Akali game for Aria. Ferraria game where, three. Game three. Yeah, the, this was game four. 
No, sorry, no, it was game three. three. Absolutely right. I apologize. Wasn't scroll, wasn't scroll down far enough. Where um, the rest of the comp, do, like, okay, so again, this is kind of where I do agree a little bit more with that. Where like this was the one where I go, okay, that was a bit of a weird lens they went through. Where I'm okay, okay, so you've got Akali into two immobile backline carries. That's great news. Um, but there's no one really there to follow up. And you've kind of got this Jin Leona, and the Jin doesn't well, really fit in here. You've got the Nar that's sort of okay, and the Trundle that's sort of okay, but nothing else that backs up, and nothing else that will tank an exhaust for you. So Secret just runs exhaust and goes, okay, every time Akali comes out an exhaust, and the rest of the team comp is useless. Well, and also, and like, being, that was the more like, it's a, it, this would be different if it was a LeBlanc there, because Akali has to dive being a melee champion into an Alistair, and Alistair yeah. has no incentive to be the person leaving his, his group to, yeah. to go engage, because Syndra can just land a stun. Varus can go land an ultimate, and when you've got... Uh, zero wave clear outside of the 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 Jin who can do bits and pieces. That's not good enough. So that was the big game for me. Where I'm like, what the hell are you doing, DFM? I thought yeah. there was a good app. The, the one good adaptation I do think that DFM did make. So again, it was a close series. Was effectively DFM realized that okay, you are going to be picking the Alistair. You know, picks three, four, five at that point. What happens if we lock in the Silas early? Because if we lock in mm. Silas, you do not want to play Alistair because having an invincible it's Silas right. getting like an extra two Ws off in a fight because he's taking like seventy percent less damage is not something you can play around at that point. So they did that in game four and they did that in game five too. Uh, game four it worked out incredibly well and already just kind of like won't be nined. But game five there was a different set of circumstances yeah. yet again. I think that was like that's the one piece of credit I'll give for DFM's drafting obviously wasn't enough for the whole series and yeah. we expected so, like, this to be an absolute stomp and yeah. it absolutely mm -hmm. wasn't so yeah but, but before i hand over basically like this is where i basically look i do think dfm did adapt a fair amount through draft at least for things like look we had the silas the akali the you know the, the zoe there was a fair amount of shifts in terms of the team um, comps uh, but uh, there were a few things that stayed quite similar and i also think some of there were some issues in terms of um yeah, outside of the game two, which I think was just bad draft. Um, the others was a fair amount of adaptability in my mind in terms of what the team comps wanted to be doing. I just think there was not a lot of adaptability in terms of play style, sort of 10 to 15 minutes mark, which I might talk about a bit later. So I'm not sure I entirely agree with you guys on that. Uh, I, I still will stick by my opinion. Uh, the fact that Ebby played three games of Nara and then only two games of Tom Kench, still played four games of the same champion except for one game yeah. of Lee Sin. Um, Aria played two games of Silas. Um, one game of Akali in a spot that we've all unanimously agreed it was just bad. Um, uh, I, I liked, I loved the rise with the first comp. I actually hate the, uh, the Zoe. I actually really okay. hate the Zoe. Really, really hate it. Like, um, the, there are multiple champions who are more than happy for Zoe to ever jump forward. They can collapse and kill her. Like, I, I'm just not a fan. I also don't quite know why we're going for two like poke kind of champions with the Varus and the Zoe. And, but then we're, we're playing Lee Sin, Leona, Nah. Like why have we got such a big front line when we want to be a poke comp, which means we you actually need, want to be kind of doing something a little bit different. You do need front line for the you poke do, comp. But you do I need don't some think, Yeah, I think that's I, fine. I'm not disagreeing, but I don't think you need three champions who are meant to be a kind of a front line, find a pick, kind of do something. And then you're playing poke. Like that that's just counterintuitive. You're 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 not committing one way or the other. They're trying to have their cake and eat it because they are the best team, or coming into the series, were the best team. I I'm getting a lot of arrogance through this draft from DFM um, continuously throughout it. And I also don't is, want to go. Unipon played so many games of Varus and he just yeah. didn't look like he looked good, but it wasn't impenetrable. And this is a player that we were expecting more of. The Ash in that final game, he did like 10 auto attacks. Melvin Izzle did the breakdown on it. He did like 10 or 11 auto attacks. I'm imagining if he was on a different AD carry, he might have actually got that kill. Was, yeah, that was on the Ash. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was just like, 
It was um so, I don't know. No, I'm so, not sold. Yeah. I really um, I really don't like it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go off a couple of two things here. I don't necessarily so for me, I don't attribute this to arrogance, I do this to ignorance actually in some ways. Cause I, I agree that it is a mistake. I think I, that maybe it's not arrogance I don't is just think that you give the Yang gang not enough credit. I think I think they just we can do whatever we want. I well yeah, things are I like I wanna I, go results based analysis on this this was well. That would be a bit rough on that. So I think that the 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 Zoe Varus duo has been like obviously well studied. I think it is a very good poke combo. Like you land a bubble and someone just immediately dies. I think the problem is, and it's something which actually Sam kind of um, talked about at some time between the games. Effectively, DFM mm. had a problem where they couldn't, they didn't accelerate the game early enough to actually get this poke combo into early Soul, it's early Barons, yeah. close out the mm. game and stuff like that. And eventually got to the point where the Callista has so many defensive stats and the ability to, to heal up and then collapse onto the enemy backline with just by just slamming the ultimate and getting the rel on top of someone like Utapon, um, that DFM could not close out the game in time. And that, to me, speaks some more problems about what were they doing in the early game? Uh, because I think that, again, you know, the, 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 the Zoe virus is absolutely fine at two, three items. I think when you get to four, five in late game, that's where it becomes super problematic against a heavy, heavy engage comp. The... The Gnar is okay. Leeson gives you early pressure, but they didn't. They didn't like utilize that. They didn't do much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, like like I mean, Leona. Leona gives the ability to pin someone down in place. So like, I, I think we can go over each of these drafts and like have, you know, a decent amount of criticism for 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 a couple of them. I think this game, this game two one was mainly DFM not playing it out correctly for me. I think that the draft itself is not awful in isolation. It's very playable. They didn't play out the early game well enough, and they certainly didn't close it in the mid-game, which is, of course, where things started falling yeah, apart. Just, and the, like, so, that, for me, that's soul and secret, just wrangling the mm -hmm. game away with their um, agency to just crush down the, the mid-jungle. Yeah. Uh, mid, mid so, so, so to clarify on this one, like when they actually started snowballing, it was about 30 minutes in, uh, and they kind of hit up, so they get about 1.5k ahead, about 30, 31 minutes, and then they jump to nearly 8k ahead of 38. That's when they get Baron, they get a big time fight, they get themselves a soul point, all looks good. Um, and that's kind of, that needed to be five minutes before that, 10 minutes before that. Um, I think they were also a bit unlucky that it was um, Cloud Soul with your two DPS of you, oh, you're a Varus and a Zoe. Uh, I mean, it's not awful on Varus for running away, but you know, if that had been a Mounted Soul to stop people jumping on your your two carries when, and then and therefore Udapon survives. Or if that had been an Infernal Soul, so you got double poke, and then suddenly Soul can't heal up through everything. Uh, you might have been in a different space, but um, yeah, that, that was a bit unfortunate, I think. Um, and, I mean, and, 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 and this is kind of like maybe where, for all I see, like, I, I, there was different like ways that, like in terms of the, when I was talking about the adaptability of saying like, you know, like, look, there's different ways DFM want to play with these comps, even if some of the champions are the same. I kind of do agree with you though, Lexi, that, you know, for all Utapon was playing fine on the Varus, I, I wonder whether it would have been nice to see like something that wasn't like the Varus Leona lane that was fine, but just a different look, just to refresh things, you know, especially mm. things are a little bit rough. Like, cause I don't, again, I don't think a lot of these comps are actually that bad or certainly unplayable aside from draft three, which I think was objectively quite frustrating for them to play. Uh, all the other ones I go, yeah, you, you could win with this. Um, but if things are getting close, just pull out another card, guys. Like, I know you can do this. No, I think that's honestly the, the, the end of that part of this whole part. Cause it's like, we know all of these players have champion fucking oceans. We know that they can pull out and play a bunch of stuff. Why are we, why are we forcing ourselves to doing this? And we we had this conversation 
I can't remember if it was on the broadcast or not, um, about obviously they can play so much more and obviously looking towards Worlds is the reason they don't want to show stuff is potentially because Worlds, but Worlds is going to have its own patch and everything else. So I, mm. I don't know. It was a, it was very peculiar. I mean, I, th I think you guys summed it up perfectly. Like game number two, they should have been winning. Um, well, they started oh, yeah. snowballing at 30 minutes. I mean, honestly, DFM had a great at 15 minutes stats they were yeah, ahead in, they, they were always ahead in gold at 15 minutes they were always up in kills almost always they always if they had traded a dragon at 15 uh like given rascal jester first dragon they always got rift herald instead they were great at playing around this early game might the, the issue which we've already explained is the way in which they transition these small leads in individual lanes into actually then going from somewhere else the only one they didn't have it was that game five which went pretty well from a rascal jester's perspective oh, really the well one of all time that, that level was, that one was, was so good yeah. yeah i mean that, that, that in, genuinely that game five um because you know obviously game four was a fairly big switcher for different you bring in the tom kent which was ruining tonato's champion but you still got this trundle into the jinzao out hates going into trundle it's awful for him he can't win those duels you've still got the the silas into things like the rise or the or the zoe you get on top of them you can kind of murder them all of that's looking really good and then uh ah shit we've given two kills over early hachimech is going to get snowballing super quickly mm -hmm. uh ebby has got burn his flash level one and died and has to teleport into lane so he can't pressure lane and therefore kinatu gets to shove in so we can't play through mid because that's all steel's done all series is play through mid to mix success actually um yeah and that game just falls apart super 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 fast their goal differences were just it, it's kind of the unwhat un, unwieldy thing where it's like mm. i just don't I just don't get it. Like, this was DFM. Like, you can't get leads in four out of five games and be losing them because we've just seen two teams in the previous two rounds get early game leads, convert that into mid-game wins, convert that into, oh, that's a Nexus explosion three times in a row. And we're just like, I'm like, yeah. I know Crest Gaming Act and Hawks, like, are not as good as Rascal Jester and DFM. But then I also don't think Axis and B3 were that much better, except for CGA. But then I don't think Hawks are that much, well, were that much worse than V3. And I'm just kind of like, uh, what is what is going on? Has DFM just lost their their play style? Like, like what went boom I, outside yeah. of Rascal Jester reading them like a book? And when I mean, um, I think DFM when they played with Rise looked very different to playing without it too. You know, they seem to understand Indeed. how to play around Rise. It wasn't actually contested for most of it. Maybe they didn't want to play Rise into. I mean, I was about to say maybe they don't want to play it into like Indeed. higher range comps, but still playing against you know Lee Sin jungle and stuff like that. And he played it into the Sin. Yeah, he played first it into Sin during game one. Yeah. So yeah. I so, I I, yeah. I wonder if DFM were. Mm, I don't know. I, I can't imagine them just sandbagging that series. I, I would. I mean, yeah. Anara does have a lot of faith in his Sars. The Sars was not the problem in Game Five, and their late, yeah. their last two team fights were actually is stunningly close to coming out ahead. Um, so, uh, so I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll put a little bit of a potential counter take here. DFM stomped games one and four. Absolutely stomped them. They had a trash draft in game three and got right. Twenty-seven minutes both games. Yeah, I'd agree. Right. Uh, game three, they had the trash draft, which we've all been over, and they lost that one decisively, which is fair. So, okay, it's 2-1 at that point. And then there's the game two, which I think is perhaps the most indicative one. Because game five is the level one goes wrong, and then DFM do a DFM come G2 of old thing where they just continue to look for plays and get punished every time they do an anti-snowball. 
Um, which is like how they like it's the old MLXG meme, which is you know, like if you're behind, you try and look for an engage to get back into the game. If you're ahead, you look for a play to get back into the game. Um, and that kind of game five devolves from there. So put that one a little bit to the side. Well played from Jess for the level one. So game two in that way, in my mind, becomes the the more indicative one of what happens if Jess can hold DFM accountable in the early game. And they manage to push it to late. Um, and you get to 46 plus minutes and it is the hyper late game where one mistake loses you the game and Udipon gets caught twice and they lose the game. Um, so I don't even necessarily think DFM played purely badly because they had two games that were really good and then one which was kind of a draft loss. And then there's this weird one. Um, so I want to just poise it here to you initialize. Mm. If Cyrus is in that game number two, Ooh. DFM 100% do a TP play and end that game before Rascal Jesters can do anything. 100% vintage DFM will make that call and just pull the trigger. And it would have been like a probably a 3-1 to DFM. Well, I completely see where Seros, you're going with Seros this. Seros doesn't play Zoe either, so you wouldn't have the But if that had been a hyper digger there... <laughs> Well, then you don't have you, the super, then you don't have the you, super you, poke combo. I, so no, no, no. no, no. Yeah, but I'm just meaning like it's that it's that whole idea of like DFM when Cyrus was there. They make these kind of crazy like backdoor but, plays. Let's just end this game. We could game. see Let's that with the rise. Win. We could see that with DFM yeah. playing with rise. Where so was I'm that wondering... game number two though? Yeah, who was making? Exactly. Who? Why were why were those calls yeah. not being made for DFM? Uh, um, I mean, I'll, they were I'll 8K also... ahead at 38 I'll, minutes. I'll, I'll also say that you know there is an element here of um you look how Steel was playing the series and it was. Pure, it was very heavily through mid, and I actually think Recap did mm. like for all that he had a relatively you know, he was a, he did okay, right? He had no, he had a good series, but like he would like, like, Steel was around mid a lot, like, I think he was like highest percentage of all junglers around mid by a long way. Um, we saw that on stream as well, if you remember, it was like 30 odd percent. Um, and actually didn't get that much for his time there, actually. Um, Whereas then Secret and Hachimachi, like particularly in, in in say game two where they were like actually scuffling back and forth, getting some some decent skirmishes themselves, and particularly game five, um, they match DFM skirmishing in the kind of that ten to fifteen minute mark, which so few teams do. Uh, and I, I do think that for, for once, I think Recap had a phenomenal game, just diving off or staving I... off a lot of a lot of uh, attempted plays made. I think we'll see him for another year or two for sure in the LJL. So I just wanted to give a bit of a shout out to Recap yeah. for doing a really good job of surviving yeah, a lot of pressure. Solid. Been very solid. And like it gave he's... Sol free space to ruin bot lane. Yeah, Recap, Recap is not going to be your star carry, but he will in a way that in a way that Ace didn't for V3 in some way. Like, always be solid, the same. actually. He's not mm. the playmaker, but like it's hard to rattle him. Um, oh man, I'm so sad that I won't get Ace versus um, Recap in a best of five. I'm very sad about that. The nullifying yeah. mid laners who play through other true, people. True. Uh, unless unless V3 pulled a run and That's then true. our whole script gets completely fucked, yeah. Galads. Like, what are we going to talk about yeah. when we go on other shows? Well, uh, should we, should V3? We, yeah. Well, should we have a chat about what the world's potential of each of these teams is now? Is DFM yeah. likely Probably. to get upset by our lower bracket team? I don't think it's likely, but I think it's not I, I, out of, it's no longer completely out of the question. No. Just do some due diligence. Do we think DFM could realistically get upset? Is there a realistic chance? Because I think I'm, actually it would not, it would not be like a miracle for them to lose now. I'm so, going I to use like Sam's analogy for me. I'm going to use mm. Sam's analogy because of what he, how he did the DFM versus Rascal Jester series. Realistically, it should have been a 3-1 for DFM if they win that game number two. 
They still lose game number three. It still goes down the same way. I'm not going to change history here. Game number three, four though, they stomp. I think DFM are currently going to 3-0 the next person that they face against. Okay. I will also put in here, I don't, for all that I'm saying, look, DFM threw some stuff here that maybe they should have won that series, you know. They but, should have. They should have won that series. the thing is, they eyes. didn't. That's because Rascal Jests are also really good. And yeah. you can't give them those openings because people like Sol will shoot 30 arrows through it and Rel will be on top of your face in about 30 seconds. Flat. Okay, do you so think I Honey would do the same thing? with if Axe And that's it. just it. Like, the thing is, I think Honey could potentially do it, but I also don't think the rest of Axis, aside from maybe Hoglet, are... At Rascal Jevil, at Rascal Jester's Nemo, that kind of stability level, um, and, and that's potentially what worries me. And I also think that you know you you can have a different game plan versus Axis, which just says, okay, we just make sure Honey gets as little resource as possible. And I think Axis can kind of crumble from that. Potentially, I'm I I I just don't see it. Why, why do you see a world where it comes through, Nomara? I see. Okay, if because really? what because what we could see from DFMs, they look deeply uncomfortable. Like in games, mid basically mid game onwards from 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 game two or like into the late game, and then game three, like they looked uncomfortable. And obviously in game five, that looked exactly the same to you when the script just got torn up at the level one. Um, what happens if if you know a honey and Nemo get an early two v two, which is realistic at this point in time? Um, what happens realistic? if they get that? Yeah. Uh, does that give an instability to DFM? And you know, I, I think Megaman has been pretty fine on a, a number of champions if you give him a uh, an iron spike there's no way champion, he gets leblanc though no he, there isn't no because no, yeah. you're banning that away but if you oh, give yeah. but you if you give it. but if you give but if you give you you know you can first you can first pick something like a i mean this you can just pick cinder again right you can just pick cinder because mm. if he maybe, also had a okay. great um i mean obviously this was versus kaito yeah. but obviously had a great oriana game yeah no i, yeah. I think that megaman's actually been all right but like you give him He's an I, right. you know if you give him an iron spike whip champion he doesn't need to care about wave control and that's a big thing my for this like oh, something my you know boy. And that's, so that's obviously You're on the up, my boy <laughs> so that's obviously yeah. on the side of axes I'm, I'm looking at them saying that there it is no longer <laughs> like because i mean i thought it would be a miracle for rascal just to take two games off of dfm obviously they took three of them mm-hmm. um and i don't think rascal jester are completely out of sight of the of the lower bracket teams i i think that it is 10 to 15 percent chance that dfm lose now in in a I think in that's reasonable 10 to 15 which is like normal and whereas before i would have said like a three to five percent chance the chance in a best of five no seriously like it would it would be that lower chance because of the the, the performances that they showed in the tiebreaker match particularly at the end of the split i'm like yeah this team is just way above everything that we've seen yeah. in the lgl um for its entire history you know that tiebreaker game is maybe like the most dominant best of one we have seen in the lgl <laughs> given the teams right. that were involved so it's just worth checking in on that yeah, and then... I mean, like the thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. So theorycraft with me for a second now, because mm-hmm. um, I think you like. Okay, so so I, I guess if I'm going to put this into like more specific, like how does one get under DFM's skin? Because before we say, oh, how do you get under their skin? It seems really hard. I think Rascal Jester did at least show that, which is partly why we're having mm-hmm. this conversation. Which is, if you can disrupt them a bit early, like with Sol and Secret kind of holding well, Udipon and Gang a little bit accountable, if you can start skirmishing with them. And, and get some of, and win a lot of those early skirmishes. You'll notice, like, DFM, particularly Gang, actually, um, has a habit of continuing to look for players to try and turn around that kind of mid-game. Mm. And they can really get anti-snowballed on. And if you do that versus someone like Axis, you give kills over to someone like Hoglet or Honey. You know, well, I think there is a world where they could I, do that. We're talking know? about Axis. I think the only team in the LGL which has made a play style out of aggressive early 15 minutes is V3. 
So I think that yep. if you have V3 coming up against DFM, that is a significant chance of early early pressure coming in and rattling DFM. Uh, so I need to see that DFM have powerful blind picks that they can give to their star players, that it doesn't matter what the draft goes like after that point, that they can start winning a lot of these drafts. And like I, I need to see them start doing more with a Syndra. Like they need to start doing yeah. more. We know the U twelve plays it too, um, but the fact that uh, they didn't yeah. they didn't get a single game of Syndra this this series is problematic. And there could have be one Syndra instead of they a Trundle. I mean, I, playing yeah, Syndra I, into I Trundle can be a problem. I think. No, I understand. Yeah. We've not said we've For said sure. that yeah. Trundle like, isn't the thing. But the fa- the fact in is, the context the of the mid lane matchup, in the context of the mid lane matchup, what the hell were you doing there? Um, so anyway, yeah. lots of different questions. I think it's just worth checking in on that because. Whereas before we were at like 99% certain that DFM were going to be our world's reps. Uh, now we're suddenly thinking actually maybe a lower bracket team could upset them in, in a in a semi-final situation. And then obviously if they do make it through even to that point, they have to face up against Rascal Jester again. I, just being completely honest, I still think DFM are favored to win this split. It just yeah. changes a lot of my prospects for them going after that point. Yeah. Again, I, I also don't want to get super heavy on one series going, oh, it's all doomed. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm still, I'm still favoring DFM for the split, but and, and I don't, and I don't want to, and I don't want to say, oh, it's doomed once they if they win the split and move on. I don't want to say like, oh no, they're they're, they're forever doomed and we're, like, all the positive things we had about them are now gone because of one series. Like that would be foolish as well. No, but um, it would be also foolish to not at least criticize yeah, exactly. a team that should have three would oh, Absolutely. Uh, and, and and again, I think we've been pretty good on that one too. But it's, like, it's also one of the ones where like I will be interested to see what adaptations do come through because the thing is, is like the other one I, I wanted to call. It's like I know DFM can we've seen them do it can wait for like go for a team that holds back a little bit and then or a or a rather a team cop that holds back for a little bit and waits to scale like we've seen them do it when they pick the Ezreal before and it's gone okay we're just not gonna play until 20 minutes and then we've got items and then we'll beat you whereas kind of in the Jester series like nope oh shit we've missed a player let's go for another one um and like that was their modus operandi that they refused to take a different pacing if that makes sense in how they wanted to play the game yeah. And that was interesting to see as well. Like the, the, clearly, their read versus the Jesters, or clearly their read in that series was, we have to go for these skirmishes, and that really bit them in the butt in a couple of games. Um, yeah, so I'm curious to see whether we we might see. I'd, I'd like to see another oh. angle on that one potentially as well. We also all of all three of us are well aware we've seen this sk- script already from the LGL from DFM specifically way back in spring 2020. Like we're we're actually painfully aware of how this all goes. Our DFM play a best of five versus a lower versus a second seed. They lose that best of five. It goes oh my god. DFM are over. V3 face them in round three. DFM slap them with a mind games and then they come into finals and they slap the second seed again. It just goes oh. Oh yeah, DFM. Yeah, they are just the best. They are just the best in this region. Honestly, that's how I expect this all to go. I'm expecting a cracking get, uh, best of five versus Axis and V3, and then it's just going to be DFM dominance. Like I'm, I'm honestly, that's what I'm expecting. We're going to get the best five game series, hopefully from V3 Axis, and then afterwards, I want DFM supremacy. Yeah. If it doesn't go that way, whoever gets to go with, over DFM, well they done. It. They deserve it. You Absolutely. fucking oh, deserve yeah. it. I'm not sure how you're going to do internationally. But you get the title. Yeah. That's good for you. Um, gentlemen, if uh, DFM can't go 
right? If we, if we say there's a world where DFM can't go, which one of these three teams that are currently still in the running for it would you want going over? Would we want to pull like a CGA kind of, do you think there's a CGA-esque team? Personally, for me, Axis is the team I would like to go because they already have a distinct play style. And mm. even if you try and hyper ban out Honey, they probably can just Two figure weeks something lanes. out. We're going to have the V3 yeah, problem. Two, problem. We're going to have the V3 problem where they're just going to get outclassed in solo lanes. You can't I'm just saying who it. I'd like. Ro it's rookie, an opinion thing. It doesn't, rookie, it doesn't matter realistically. And also they have a lot of rookies going to Worlds. That shafted V3 last year. I think, but they V3. I, I think potentially... I think maybe you do uh, I need V3. I see V3 being okay. Or um, Jester's... Honestly, I think Rascal Jester's got the veterancy on there. Everybody but Kinatu is a veteran on that. So at least V3 um, went, did have that Worlds experience last year. And I'm wondering mm -hmm. if, you know... I'm wondering if Reiner will have learned from that. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Oh, we're interesting because you go for V two. I think I'd go Jester. If Lex is going Axis. We've all got three different it, takes. I think. On that I one. think. I think. It, I think I'd My go boy, for. Boomin. I think I'd go V three because they have an aggressive early game. They are slightly more variable in their picks and bans compared to some like Rascal Jesters who are quite typecast in what they do. Um, mm -hmm. And if and I do think that their coaching staff and the, and their players on the Rift will have had a bit more experience with with a world set setting and particularly with ace actually being pretty decent this year and some powerful subs they can bring with them i don't know who they'd choose uh, there's there's a, there's a there's they a can bring they can... two with them right i think it's only one i think you can bring Ooh, one okay. and one's an emergency in case of illness and stuff like that okay so i think they'd okay. bring they'd probably bring jungle Yo. i would say for well, mid, actually, actually well I'd considering the potentially well if if v3 make it can mujin still play worlds if they qualified with yeah a sub true. Uh, i mean yeah. they can because he's played over they half the games with the with the, with the yeah. Yeah. But so like, i think they, i think you go would they actually and want to have mujin yes go? i think so I think yeah, they probably, probably do. Okay, well, you bring either mid or jungle either way. But yeah, no, I think that yeah. V3 would be like, look, I'm not, I not. I wouldn't be happy with any of them in terms of, look, neither of them is making groups. None of them's, I don't think any of the, the teams which aren't DFM are making play-ins, uh, make making out of play-ins. Um, you need peak well DFM now, for that. Yeah, so that's the question now for Worlds. As we, obviously, the, we can we can spitball this for two minutes. Um, but do we think DFM will still look good at worlds on the assumption they go now obviously i guess their fashion in which they um may they w lift the lgl cup will affect our opinions here um and obviously you can say the world that you're hopeful that dfm will get in um i'm still expecting them to still have a really good run my concern only comes with how some of the third seeds in major regions are currently looking third and fourth seeds and i'm like Ooh, um, the FM looked really good, but now am I like, oh, have I actually been a bit too much big fish, small pond, and now I'm looking at these other third and fourth seeds going, I think beating them might be harder than I first thought. Where are you guys sitting? I mean, yes, but the thing is, like, the what I, I agree with you, but it's it, like, it was never... I think the thing is, we're not... It's not like we're sending... Uh, an FPX or a damn one Kia from last year, if you want to go like, and they go, yeah, everyone's like, yeah, mm -hmm. these guys are just going to, if you put them against any given team. Yeah, but I'm not got, saying like, they're number one defense. seed. I'm saying third or fourth seed yeah, from exactly. this region. Uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm still saying, terrified yes, for us. Fourth, yeah, fourth exactly. seed, fourth but, seed LPL is... Nah. It's always going to be good. And nah. the, but again, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but, but what I'm saying is actually, what we are sending a team, I think is probably, but at least if it was to be someone like, dfm or, or or a team that rises to a level to beat an on-form dfm and takes their spot anyway mm. um but what... should should be able to at least compete with these third and fourth place teams and they did so at msi relatively convincingly actually um so i i think it would be 
No, but, but Sam, the would, it, would it be a done deal? No, but I think it's still if, doable. If they rise to, to face an on-form DFM, this DFM and the, and the juggernaut match, that's I don't think that's, that's an on-form thing. Yeah. So I think that actually, if DFM don't make it... I wouldn't call it, it an entirely off-form either, though. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I, I don't think they were absolute trash. I would say that they were the best, but I don't think they were absolute trash either. Losing their streak going into this, PSG Town 3-0'd their first one. Oh, yeah. DFM losing this, not good, well, no, not so, impressed. Well, oh, sure. well, so, so, I mean, it was the opinion of people within the LJL scene um, that if DFM lost a single match in the playoffs, it would be a disgrace to them. Like, I think it is. And I, it would be oh, a disappointment. Yeah. It would be unacceptable, was the words of one person as well, actually. You know, That's people bad. I talk to. Um, mm -hmm. And I agree with that. I, I think that while it's fantastic for the narratives of, of the scene for, for, you know, DFM to not cleanly sweep through playoffs and stuff the other three orgs are loving this like there, yeah. there is there is um, no way there is no way that juggernaut match dfm is on form dfm which is why i think that yeah. if we do send uh, another team based off of of that level of performance they're not going to be able to for me they are not going to compete with the fourth seed lpl third cdu or so something like that you ain't two, competing two with fanatical or, rogue here yeah no, two point. questions at this point then um <laughs> I think the the war two points. One, I would suggest that I think if any team beats DFM, we would have the same conversation whether they were on form or not. Actually, uh, because they'd lot because DFM had lost and therefore they clearly couldn't have been on form, um, and that becomes a bit of a vicious cycle. Potentially. I think that's results based uh, analysis, though. Well, but that's my that's my point is I wonder whether we do end up in that position if we're not careful. Losing um, three games becomes less out of a trend. Uh, like that's becomes a, yeah. starts to become a trend. Sure. So my point being, actually, you know, One isn't if, enough, if, I, if I'm saying well, if a team beats on right, form, Sam, three is not yeah. a trend. Yeah. Three starts to become a trend. Yeah. So my point being is like, if you do beat on form DFM in a best of five, like we would still potentially see our well, DFM. You know, I don't want to undercut teams by saying, oh, well, DFM clearly weren't playing well. Um, I'll also like for all that I agree they definitely weren't on form on form. I don't think they well, were like absolutely trash. Um, I, but I don't think they were absolutely trash either. But it should know? have been three twenty-seven minute games. Oh yeah, absolutely it we should got, have been. We got only got two of them and then absolutely an absolute mess. Been. Well, and uh, after, game, well, after game one, you game thought five, Sam, Sam, you predicted it would be a oh, yeah. 3-0 under thirty minutes for, for yes. game two and three. I did, and I stand by that. Um, uh, but what I am saying is, like, just because they didn't play to like at one hundred percent, they were well, probably at what, like seventy uh, percent. I always think Rascal Jess has really turned up. Wouldn't you argue that seventy percent is not good enough when this is probably oh, yeah, absolutely. one of the most important matches oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of completely, the whole year? Completely, completely agree. But I, don't, I also don't want to say, oh, Jess just beat a team that wasn't playing well. Like they, that's no, not Rascal entirely Jess fair either. Play, Rascal Jess has played the best that we have seen them play in the in the LJL with this iteration. Like I'm, exactly. I'm comfortable in saying that. Agreed. However, that. the fact that that only barely overcame a DFM, which I, I thought was seriously struggling in draft and out of it, is rough. It's rough. and the fact that they still had two 27 minute games fuck them over. Like RJ yeah. lost two 27 minute games. Yeah. That is not good. That is really not good for uh, them. I, I, yeah. When you flip it over, Which, when well, you start with, going, oh, they had two really good games, right? Like that, you go, yeah, absolutely. That adds something to what Sam's saying in terms of like, you know, were, were DFM truly off form or, or or not really? I mean, I think you can argue. I also about think it's like binary, right? Like that's my point. As I don't want to say binary on form off form. Like the, I think they that's were. That's what of I was. That's literally. That's, middle, that is yeah. in fact literally. Yeah. What I was just about to ah, say. Ah, you go then. Because I was about to say, you know, you can argue about the percentages. Um, I would say it's a little less than seventy percent, but it's not too far off. You know, somewhere between sixty and seventy percent. Uh, would I say they were like thirty percent? Absolutely not. But yeah, I think that there were some individual misplays. I think that there was a huge strategic error coming into that series from them too. Either way, I think that 
Um, DFM hope if they do regain form, I don't think we've seen a level of play from the LGL teams that would be competing with them to knock them out of world's contention. I, I'm I would say that right now. Uh, so you can you can I, pin that as a pin that as a as a clip if you want if if everything goes tits up from that point. But that that's my feeling right now. Right, I actually think we got a really good little analysis out of that. We had to go around a few corners to get there, but I think we all got onto a similar page at the end of it. Well done, route. gentlemen. Well done. Oh, well, I think we have to, obviously, we always take the scenic route here, mate. If we if we don't, if we get too close to the scenic route, we'll be back to three-hour podcasts again. We are, can't be oh, doing God. that again. Oh, well, we back could. Back in the day. I mean, Please, I no, love, I can't. Not anymore. I love them. Are they one of my favorite, some of my favorite podcasts recording? Because <laughs> we literally so, chatted bear shit. So there, oh, there is mate. actually some stuff in the works potentially for like a collaborative minor region podcast mm. to get people ready for it. I don't know if I'm actually going to be available for it, so one of you two might have to pick up the reins for that one. Oh boy! But that could be potentially huge, monolithic level of podcast material. So keep your eyes out for that. We'll do. Are we have we lost Lexi. Oh, there you go. He's back. Oh, okay. That's really weird. I it was just like, just left Discord. It's like, wow, I see how it is. The disagreement. Like, well, I you guys I, didn't I, like I, the three-hour podcast. I, I'm I, leaving. I turned around and agreed with whatever <laughs> Alex was talking about just then. I'm like, wait, I've gone, hello? Hello? I'm sorry. Anyway, continue, Alex. Continue, <laughs> no, I was just saying that. There is, uh, just keep your eyes open for that kind of content, because that could reach monolithic levels of content. That's right. Yes. That, my response to that was, oh, Sa me and Sam, I'm sure we could do that if you twisted our arms. Oh, oh, oh crazy. Oh, whoa, oh, whoa. Well, Quincy asked us for last time's episode podcast, but we didn't actually answer it, so, because podcast so quincy asked us with with postseason happening league world uh wide world across worlds who would you say current best on da, 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 outside of the ljl who is dfm's best matchup in play-ins assuming dfm make it to worlds um i'm trying to remember who we said I, and if we would oh still God, go there uh, i think if you I think if you get if you get someone like C9 in play-ins, unironically, that could be pretty okay, given the... That'd be a Pog rematch. Yeah, yeah I think that, I mean, C9 that, what, I think yeah. every team which is likely going to be around the plus bracket is actually quite aggressive early on, and we've already kind of talked about maybe that can upset DFM. C9 are a team that cut corners to do that, though, and I feel like DFM mm. could punish that like, like they did at MSI, so I feel like that could work. Minor regions we cannot afford to be to be afraid of. No, so we're beating any, all of them. Any obviously. of the minor regions. Um, I would imagine that VCS are not going to be there at that point. So I don't know whether that leaves us with the same format as next year. So, as last oh, year. Oh, this was something I wanted to bring up earlier, but I completely forgot yeah. about it. I, I reckon uh, with, that VCS don't make it to Worlds at this point, given with, the short notice. With that, loses. with the VCS... I mean, we're now in Europe, boys. You know what also is in Europe happening around that same time? Fucking EU Masters! Fucking seen our boys writing! Come on, ERLs, let's fucking go! I, that would be, oh my God, set, that'd be setting quite a dangerous precedent for... for oh, I'm well for aware. I don't, I don't know if I they am. can actually afford to do that, but, but it would be very interesting if they did. Um... But, yeah, I think that best... I, I think minor regions are not something you take consideration in for. Then you're thinking of... NA third seed, I reckon if it's I reckon if it's C9 actually 100 Thieves could be very achievable if they do drop down. Um, oh, I think we'd beat 100T. Yeah, because I think that if it's, well, DF I think if it's yeah. DFM there, yeah. I think that you we have the, the laning strength to deal with that. And t 100 Thieves, they don't take like hugely aggressive kill skirmishes. They'll zone you off of towers and stuff. But I feel like DFM play that game relatively well. 
Yeah. Um, so I feel like I feel like we'd yeah. be better off against if it's a C nine or a hundred thieves. I think that's that's you know basically NA third seed is one that if it's TL Doable. TL can't be third now they have to be first. Or yeah, second, can't no, which no, I no, think no. is good because the TL actually looking very strong right now. I think TL will give us a real real shock. Tactical call yeah. JJ could be really scary. Um, um, LPL fourth seed is rough. Yeah, rough. I mean it would I be. I mean we hope for I mean, Wild Elite, but oh wait, she can't even be Wild Elite now. Oh, I don't well, even know. Be. who... Oh no, because because remember they do points and everything else, so I'm not even going to try and attempt yeah. to predict I mean, who's going to be look, fourth for them and fourth for LCK. Because possible right now. Because um, I, I I I quickly tried okay. to figure the LCK so, stuff out and it just I mean, doesn't make sense. Let's have a look. Let me have a look. Until so the end could, of the season. Until the end of the season. So it could be LNG. I think. Rare Atom. No, because remember the seeding doesn't work automatically. Yeah, Rare Atom no, are automatically seeded into it. Everyone else is is kind of all over the place oh. in flux. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, there, is, there is a world where it could be LNG. Doable, assuming the likes of Tarzan doesn't get absolutely It could be LNG, scared. EDG, WE. Because of championship yeah. pointy stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Elk versus Unibon would be great for him. Breathe versus Ebi would be fun as well. Very happy to see all of those. I don't <laughs> think LNG is a good matchup. I I I think that Tarzan is just too too ridiculous he right is, now. But he's also if he doesn't get going, he really falls apart. All right, yeah. gentlemen, I'm gonna just have to take yeah. us off this topic because yeah. we, we could start it's, going. Yeah, I think in I think at that start point, going like, down it, a deep it, rabbit hole here. It, there's yeah, there's, there's, too, there's too too many teams to really compare at that point. Basically, it boils down. Ask to, is again a week or two. It, it comes <laughs> down to DFM are probably going game. to do best of against teams that are not incredibly ruthless early game without exposing themselves at the same time and stuff like that. So, which is, again, that that's a very power powerful way to play. I think that PCS2, I think, would be pretty okay at this point because PSG have been so dominant. I think the rest of the... It, it was a similar situation to DFM, actually. I think P, uh, PCS2, I think, is looking okay if it's beyond or... Crap, what's the other team? Um, is it beyond or Machi? I'm trying to remember. But um, I think that PCS2 is achievable. I think that LPL full seed is a bit doomed. Um, EU maybe if Rogue drops down, we can do that because they don't have the. But uh, it can only be Rogue or Fnatic. But let's let's move yeah. on because it's, we, it's, it's a bit too it's a bit too much of a vague question right now. But too much yeah. vague. Um, actually, moving on to something worlds related but different. Um, Chimo asks us. Um, would it be good for the OJR to have two world spots? Let's go no. DFM. Uh, let's say DFM go through to groups. I don't think you can allow that. I think you need to completely. <sighs> Minor regions. what play-ins mean as well also what world yep. means i think if you wanted to you could do a very large open tournament sort of system but that's where you also have to start allowing like a bunch of the erls yeah. to start auto qualifying yeah. in you change um, the system. yeah yeah change the fundamental well, system currently no though right, I don't right think now fm should be allowed a one seat yeah, more of an internet right, right, more right, of a dota 2 international yeah and right now we have a very similar problem to something which i mean the, the sport which i tend to watch a lot is rugby union we have a similar problem yeah. to that in terms of the top tier nations have a, a very solid international calendar a lot of good stuff for the international viewer base um you don't really care about the secondary regions though the secondary the second tier is not very well catered towards and i think that you look at minor regions in league i think i said this on one of the I think I've said this in at some point, um, but like effectively any change which benefits minor regions 
it detracts from the main viewer base's experience of most large international events. Which During is MSI, problem. we did this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Because you look at, I mean, you look at Group A. I mean, that the, I actually think that the play-in stage of MSI was very good. Actually, I think that's pretty okay. I think we, we are the, yeah. we're a few people that really liked it. A lot of people. Well, remember I think that a like lot of people, a lot of a lot of people hated it, basically because VCS could make it, and that's completely yeah. fine. But if you strip away Group A, Group B and C actually had some really good games. I think that um, that was more than fine in terms of a format. Um, I think the problem is, though, now you've removed Rift Rivals, where is the secondary level of competition for Tier 2 Nations? Because you don't you don't have that. Um, I mean, previously, we've had the LGL actually beat VCS in a in Rift Rivals, right? I mean, DFM have beaten Gigabyte Marines. You know, they've, they've I think it was like um, OCE, uh, OCE, Japan, Vietnam all played played together, and they, they, they played on one of those things. Of course, Rift Rivals was a failed product. I don't think it was well-marketed. Um, if you don't have anything to give a wider exposure for these tier two nations to an international competition, you're not really going to see growth from them. You're waiting for miracle stories. Not at all. No, no. So, two uh, seeds for them right this? now. It, it would help the region. Terrible for international competition, though. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I do think that's partly why play-ins are important, though. Um, yep. Because it is actually a space for some international competition. I think it would be nice to have some more... Um... How do I put this? I it mean, I think be that'd nice... be a. It'd be nice to have a planes tournament. Like, do you get yeah. what I mean by that, Sam? Mm. Yeah, exactly. And just, and just some more regular um, international events between things. Obviously, Rift Rivals got a bit dull for major regions, but like an ability to kind of go on tour with your some of your best teams yeah. to various regions for some matchups there would potentially be quite cool. But well, that, that requires more freedom in the calendar. Yeah, maybe Riot Con, maybe something in the winter. Maybe yeah, when they cool. one day do something like that, maybe they can do that. But to till we like, see like that. an fa cup type deal where just like yeah. everyone plays and hope yeah. for it i'd love to see that like love to see that i think that'd be i think that'd be smashing and doing it at something like RiotCon would be the perfect place to do that because you could literally hold it for like a full week and you could start it at the very beginning and end it at the end of the con and you could do that for valorant and all these other games and cross market and it's all great uh snoop kappa asks us do you think dfm can take lck full seed in play-ins no I do not. I think LCK Falsi beats DFM at this moment in time. Uh, yeah. But we don't know who it's. Who it's it likely will be to be. Yet. It's HLE, Sandbox, or. Potentially... Oh, we could be those. It could also potentially be Gen G T1. Gen G would be a little tougher. T1 would be a little tougher. Yeah. But I think, the, I think, I think it's doable, depends actually. If they beat Dan 1 or not. Yeah, right? so if T1, if T1 win. Um, then they are first seed, Gen G, uh, D, D, Dan won a second seed, Gen G are third or fourth, because it depends mm -hmm. on who wins in the regional bracket, I think, at that point. Uh, and basically the same way. So T1 Gen G can be first, third, fourth. So, uh, I don't know if... I mean, fourth, I think, is achievable. I think fourth is achievable yeah. between HLE or Sandbox or something like that. Like, and like, and I, like the thing is, even against someone who's a bit higher rank, like, uh, we already proved that these players are mechanically talented enough to at least throw some punches, right? Um, that, that's always proven earlier in the year. Um, could I guarantee wins there? Would I even put that up as a likely likely chance? No, but I don't think it's out of the question either, which is is a nice thing to think. Yeah, I mean, I think I personally for myself, I, I just look at it and go, hmm, I have to think. That's not good. That's not good. I don't want yeah, to have to think about DFM winning or not. Like, I mean, that that's where I just come down with it. So I... 
Hey ho, hey ho. Um, during our broadcast, um, about over, uh, actually, during our broadcast last week, we got asked the question in our Twitch chat, which Middlecott happened to do. So Middlecott via C9 lose to Weebs at MSI. Great name, by the way. Um, do you guys expect DFM to be able to keep a hold of Aria during the offseason? I imagine a couple of LPL slash NA teams are ready to shell out some LCK. big ones to snatch him um, as per usual. So we actually talked about this with Corporal when he had an interview with us. He said there's always going to be on the cards, um, but don't expect any form of, even if DFM do well at Worlds, uh, don't expect some kind of Japan exodus losing all of its players. He's very yeah. confident that the region is going to be absolutely fine um, and that there probably isn't because all these players have already been approached once or twice Indeed. before and they haven't taken it so yeah don't i don't think worry aria, too much. aria is the unique case where he is why well, he is he's actually having a glow his, like, it's his first this time is, on this a global is, yeah. stage because he he debuted in 2019 and 20 mm. this is the first time he's been on a top tier team and could actually strut his stuff msi obviously made some waves that like that leblanc gave us infinity was like absolutely nuts and you know a couple of his own performances and you know what he did against perks and you know you could argue that he was the better player than perks in their matchups versus c9 for instance i would um, say he was i would say that i mean Not i think biased. that he's he is the most valuable player in the lgl by a long way i don't think we're going to see an exodus there's a chance we see aria leave though a significant yeah. one I'd say. I mean, Dilly, when you yeah. look at the level of some of the mid laners of LCK, you you go to a yeah. you get him into a mid lower tier team there. If there's a good chance he goes there. Yeah, I'll I'll put in the caveat that of course Japan tends to be quite insular culture. Mm. Um, so like actually a lot of Japanese people don't really want to leave Japan a lot of the time. Um, mm. partly because speaking another language is quite difficult because no one really understands Japanese outside of Japan that regularly. Yep, uh, and lots of other things like that. Um. So, so that that does affect things as well. Um, so that's worth bearing in mind as well, for, particularly for Japanese residents such as they are. That was a big call from Corporal. Actually, I completely forgot about. Well done, Sam. Well done. Um, I mean, I think I think the other thing is also like we've already mentioned around the Japanese players. I think the other thing is if we're going to lose people, it's going to be the imports that we have brought into this region. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I mean the obvious ones that are really coming to me is like Honey having a breakout performance this year. Um, and if eyes are on the region, he's one um hollow would be another one another ad carry i think um and mujin we've already been seeing v3 junglers come in for a year or so and then they wander off afterwards after having normally a pretty good season on v3 so i mean if this is just a stepping off point hey ho we we could see that i though i don't think we're gonna lose gang or steel um i i think they're just too um integrated within the system and and it's similar to what we mentioned uh which sam mentioned about the japanese teams and players not wanting to go out because they have to the culture's different and the food and the language and everything they they like what they've like and they they're, they're doing what they want to do so why would you give that up chimo also asked us gentlemen is there a world where dfm doesn't make it to finals has axis shown enough or is it or wow, is v3 playoff bus really. strong enough so we've already mentioned that right because there is a non-insignificant chance it's not high it would never get more than 15 percent for me but it is there all right sam still on the five to ten percent sort of train yeah yeah i think it probably is about ten percent yeah, um, yeah I... but that that for me is like i think a little bit of Yo, actually, Jesters have turned up to play. Fantastic. Um, so that that's that's my eye anyway. 
Yeah. Also, I, I'm lower with... bracket also has to play against Angry DFM now. <laughs> yeah, and we, <laughs> we know what that went. Like, we, we've seen V3 get the Angry DFM once before, and they had Buggy. So, uh, good luck to you. Hopefully, Reiner can continue his playoff buff. Um, interesting comparison between V3 and DFM. When V3, well, when DFM looked really good in their series, Gang was looking really good. Um, and when they weren't looking so good, Gang was having maybe a slightly off series. And is it yeah. just a weird comparison between the two support players and how um, when they look and really good? Finishing. Yeah, it's all it's I mentioned it already. It's this one. It's oh, yeah. <laughs> um, EX Kirby is going to end us out with two questions LJL, OU, Worlds, Watch Party. Can we collectively drown our sorrows when DFM drowns out in play ins? Yes. Yeah, we'll do something. Whether it'll we'll be, be like doing a, some. Yeah, it, I, I don't know whether it'll be like a watch party in terms of a Discord thing. I think we might prefer to do it on Twitch just to keep our numbers running on the off season. We might prefer to do that. Yes. But yeah, we'll we'll do something if uh, we'll need to if, find if, out if, what if, we're even doing as, for worlds. As, as long as as long as schedules work out, unless of course we uh, get get pinged to actually be on plans as an LGL rep or something like that. That'd be. Or a, if um or if a lovely gaming bar or something wants to uh, hook us up, that's true. Ho have us host a podcast and a live reaction, live stream us doing it, so we still get the Twitch, but then we get the audience reaction as well. I, I mean, hey, it's it's a there two prong approach. We'd we'd really love to see something special for it. We would, we absolutely would. Um, but it also does all depend on if someone goes over DFM. Well, we're gonna have to figure that one out, gentlemen. Yep. But that will draw us to a close for season two episode 28 of the podcast next week gentlemen we will be having our round three our semi-finals and our finals it's gonna be a, a lot, lot to kind of unpack um because that's gonna well, well and truly kind of set us up we will have the v3 versus axis series so we'll be able to kind of judge who's going to be playing off against the fm um also i mean very quickly gentlemen I want to just grab your last second predictions. Who's going to win, Axis or V3? I know we're going to do this on the on the actual pre-game show, but very quick, who's your who's your favorite for coming into that match? Right now, I think V3. Thinking about it a bit more. Okay. Initialize yourself. Come on, come on. I'm gonna go with Axis, but okay. I don't feel happy about it. Ah, uh, see, I'm fucking on fire. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't mind who, who wins this one. I got my V3 boys, or I get my Axis boy. Like, I win both ways, lads. I don't think you realize this. These are like my two main teams. Like, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm fucking I, I, loving I can hit, life. I can, oh, I've got to get away. The smoke oh, is oh, oh, everywhere. Yes! Oh, 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 yes! But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, you can catch this podcast audio on all clip. audio okay. streaming platforms, YouTube. We stream all of these over on our Twitch channel. So go over and give us a follow over on there. Maybe even hit that subscribe button if it's already appeared. Mm. Who knows? We're not sure when it's going to appear underneath there. It might already be there. Not right now, though. Right live. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Episode 28 in the books, gentlemen. We're done. That's it. Mm. Go home. You don't, you don't need to be here. The podcast's over. Go home. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay, that was a lot louder than I thought it would be, and it's not the sandwich I thought it would be either, but yes, that. <laughs> Bye. Bye.